podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. When I clock out of the hospital at 6 p.m., I'm not done for the night. That's when Gamer Nurse 40 clocks in, and she's got orcs to slay. Sure, I'm playing a 13-year-old in Scranton, but he's a level 53 mage with a filthy mouth. So I need to stay on top of my game. What'd you call me? That's when I crack open a Heineken Zero Zero. Zero alcohol, but just as refreshing. So I can focus on stealing his gold before his mom tells him it's bedtime. Take that, kids. Heineken Zero Zero. 0.0% alcohol. Now you can. Must be 21 plus to purchase. Enjoy responsibly. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Does your insurance agent treat you like family? Insurance Corporation is programmed to build interpersonal relationships with members of family units. We communicate on a four-name basis with all customer numbers. Only a human who knows you can create a plan that's right for you. That's why for more than 80 years, Farm Bureau Financial Services has built relationships first and plans second. It's your future. Let's protect it. Talk to a Farm Bureau agent today or visit fbfs.com protect. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, How would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy to use mobile app, available 24 hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. 
And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. A camel channel. Hello and welcome to episode 28, season 11 of the Fighting Cop podcast. Today I'm joined by Big John Bass. How you doing, mate? Good, mate. How are you? I'm really good. If you ever just, I mention your size often, don't I? Mm. Does it ever get what? on your not your nerves or? Uh, not really. I mean, I'm aware of my own size. Um, so yeah, every every day I look in the mirror, I just go, "Fucking hell, he's that's big. That is big." So I'm not. I'm <laughs> not think, shocked. Do you think your size has has benefited your your life, or or has it hindered it somewhat? Have you succeeded despite your? Some might say, or uh, not me, your disability. Uh, I read somewhere that, um, on average, taller people earn more money and are more successful. So, I'm waiting for that to kick in. Um, you are quite no, that's not true. Come on, but, but that is apparently that is true. So, like being, I think I'd rather be too big than too small. Is that fair? Yeah, no, no, no. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. Completely agree with that. that that's uh, that's absolutely uh, fantastic. That uh, you can, you know, understand. I'm just, my dog is drinking water and it's fucking doing my head, and you can hear it. Can you hear that? Yeah, he's thirsty. This is what happens when you you, you record podcast, a, a really successful podcast, when you own a dog. Yeah, fucking drinks like, water. Oh, doesn't give a shit. Best friend, but selfish if anything. Frank, Frankie, come here. You're destroying this podcast. So he's got he's just he's been given a bit of chicken, so he's he's now oh, quiet. Happy's Larry. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur uh, drew to Everton. Antonio Conte's first game uh well first proper game you know, the game the other day didn't really count did it but uh yeah and it what it wasn't it wasn't the um it wasn't the spectacle that we all hoped it would be but the realist in us might sort of give him a, a little moment's pause and say actually you know taking over a football club mid-season isn't the easiest thing in the world and you've got to you've got to remold ideas and entrenched behaviors in a in a in, in a squad before you can actually, you know, go and go out there and do what you want the players to do. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, there is a little bit of like, um, we've spoken about it before on the pod around like football now is so immediate. Like you, you expect like players to just score a hat trick on their debut. You expect managers just to like have a new way of playing. And, you know, we've seen with Nuno uh, how quickly things can turn sour for managers nowadays. And it's just, 
I saw this morning, like I think it's like a quarter of the managers in the league have all already been sacked. So I think it's already a case of there's expectations around him just based on what he's done previously and people expect to see him deliver things really quickly. And yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be judged based on that. And I think we're already seeing signs that at least there's a plan and at least he knows what he's doing and that is uh, encouraging. It's too soon to really see how this is going to pan out, um, but I've I've liked what I've seen so far, mate. You know, um, you know, I, 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 he did like an extended interview, didn't he, after the game? It was like he, he gave much longer to the, the 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 person who was asking questions on the side of the pitch as opposed to the the press room. But he gave like a like a, like a six or seven minute interview, which is quite rare. Don't usually get that. It's just like sound bites and get the fuck out of you. But he, he 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 gave a lot, and he wasn't unhappy on what he'd seen. But I think there's a lot of Spurs fans out there are thinking, well, we what was that XG? If you believe in that sort of stuff, XG was sort of 0.7, and Everton's was similar. You know, it, it, they they want to see a little bit more from from us going forward, and it will uh, undoubtedly come, or hopefully it fucking comes, because if it doesn't, I literally don't know what, what do we fucking do. If, if this doesn't work out with Conte, what do we do? Where do we go from here, John? I said that to someone earlier. We were talking about Conte, and they were like, oh, you've got to be happy with this appointment. You know, he's one of the best, like currently one of the best managers in the world. You know, it's not like Mourinho where he's on the downswing. Like, he's literally in his pomp, top five best manager in the world, and you, you've got him. And I, and I was like, yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing, but if this doesn't work... What the fuck? What the fuck do we do then? Then I'm just—I am resigned to just being like, ah, oh, forget it. Like, let's just forget this. Um, so yeah, mate, I'm—I am a little bit like this has to. This has to work. What I would say about the, the um, XG thing and like yeah. looking at the numbers and the facts is, you can after two games, and let's be honest, he's probably had one proper training session, which would have between, which would have been between the Vitesse game and this one. You, you can't really expect it to completely change round. But what I would say is, it looks completely different. Like just on the eye, right? Like the way that we pass the ball is much quicker. Um, they they play forward a lot earlier. The wing backs, like we're playing a, a different formation. The wing backs are higher. I think like you've seen players like Emerson just looks great in that position. And Reggiano, I've been quite critical of over like the last few months. He just looks transformed in that position. Like he looks much more effective. So yeah, that as a like just on the eye looks very different to me now. We still didn't have a shot on target, or we're still struggling to get shots on target. We're still not getting the best out of Kane and Son. So, like, there are things to improve there, but it does look different, doesn't it? It feels different to me. Those, like, first two games we've seen, the way we're playing is different. So, that continues to improve, and we start to see some things. I think that looks better, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think against Vitesse, I I saw, like you said, in terms of intent and being deliberate in in the passes, certainly in midfield, it was like... Let's get the ball, move it quicker. Like one touch pass in, and if it, if you need to take a couple of touches, make sure that the pass you take is deliberate and is with intent. Where we we saw under Nuno, Nuno, and and large parts under Jose Mourinho, there was like a passive midfield where they, you'd get the ball and it would just be like touched out, or or Winks would get the ball and just roll it to Hoybier, and and he, he would he would try and find a pass. Whereas against Vitesse. And, and and in parts against Everton, it, it felt much more deliberate. Um, and it, I don't know if that is us looking for, for for positives or 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 it's reality. I think 
it's probably much more likely the latter that that we're noticing things because they are different rather than just hoping that they're different. I think Conte is such a an incredible has such an incredible background that whatever he does is is going to have some impact. And the fact that he didn't seem worried after the game made me feel much more comfortable because it wasn't the most exciting game against Everton, was it? It wasn't, you know, we didn't tear up trees, but, and it, it doesn't help the fact that Everton are in a bit of a, it's sort of bobbing along in the doldrums as well. But yeah, I just, it, it's, it's so early. Like this, this time last week, I think he'd just been announced. I think it might, you know, I might be getting my times wrong, but it's been seven days fundamentally. We've had two games in that moment, and I don't know. I don't know if you've seen any of the sort of reaction to us drawing against Everton on Twitter. And I don't sort of usually sort of delve into Twitter after a game unless it's been positive. But yeah, there's a few people just sort of not. I don't think they're, they're digging out Conte, hundred percent not. But it's sort of digging out our our team, just saying. Yeah, these these aren't good enough. Like the Celso isn't good enough, and he may not be, and I think he is. But there, there's been a lot of scapegoating when this is a time for to take a step back and look at what we need to do. Like we're not going to get instant results. Like Conte doesn't join teams in his own words. Doesn't join teams mid-season. He, he, he doesn't like to do that. He likes to wait and have the summer to. And where, where there's no football, certainly a summer that doesn't involve international football, just to sit back and go right. These are these are these are our ideas. This is how fit you need to be, and this is how good how 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 good an, uh, a footballing IQ you need in order to play for me. But he hasn't got time to do any of that stuff. He's got he's got no time at all. He's got another game, another game, another game. So we've had essentially two days of training to completely change all of the habits that were formed under Nuno and, and uh, Jose, as I said at the top. So, yeah. yeah. I think I think what it will do, though, mate, is what we will see uh, for definite under Conte is there's, there's been, and I think I've flip-flopped as well, is it is it like bad management or bad players? And like I, I flip-flop between and go, oh, if you look at the squad, you know, you've got Kane, you've got Son, you've got a World Cup winning captain in Lloris, you've got like Romero's coming, it's decent. Like, you, you make cases for players why they're good and why they should be doing better. And you see like a couple of bad results from two different managers, so like Nuno and Jose, and you're like, well, maybe they're just players just aren't up to it. I think what we will definitely find out from Conte is w- which way round that is, because he there isn't there isn't the question around um, his management in the sen- in the same way as there was around Nuno's and even Jose. Like we know his method is very much around getting players to play a very set system, a way of playing that basically takes their mind out of it and. They play in sort of set patterns that they practice and practice and practice. So we're literally not going to see that for a while because he's got to have time to to drill those players into that. Now, after a certain amount of time, I think we will start to see him work out which players can play his system and are capable. We have to. We have to see that. Yeah. We have to see that. And I think that's why, mate, we've had two games with like the same starting eleven. Because I guess my question to you would be like, do you? Let's say for now, I think we can understand why he's gone for like the what he sees is like. Okay, well, on paper, this is what I think is the best eleven. I think we will start to see over time and performances and stuff like that. We'll start to see changes. Like, do, where do you see the changes that are gonna that are gonna manifest itself in this? Team? I see no changes. All I see is racist faces. Faces. Do you? 
Do you think that there will be a change? Like, I mean, I know there was a lot of talk about basically Hoiberg and Skip as a partnership. Yeah, I, I can understand why Hoiberg and Skip are, uh, are starting as CDMs effectively in this instance, in this moment uh, as he takes over Tottenham. It's about making us functional, right? It's he, he, like 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 we just said. It's it's not about him being able to transform the fortunes of of Tottenham Hotspur based on <clears throat> just taking away defenders and just putting players into attack. It's 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 got to be functional. And and a manager as good as he is, he is, and has won as many things as he has, it's not going to be overnight just sea changes that mean that Tottenham are going to become an incredible football club where we sweep you know clubs like Everton aside which would be a you know we, there are there are very few clubs that sweep Everton aside and you're talking Liverpool you know Man City that if if Everton played Liverpool or Man City a hundred times they're going to lose 95 of them do you know what I mean so it's if if Skip and Hoybier are what is necessary uh, right now, then so be it. Um, It doesn't, you know, some might argue, and a lot of people have been saying that you don't need both of them against a team that can't hurt you based on their personnel alone. Like, this is not talking about a team who's, you know, a bit, you know, that that can play and, and, you know, their, their players. In, in their in their own right can hurt any team. We're talking like for Everton to be quality, they need to have their players and the system on point. They need to be playing at the very top of their their uh, their, their ability. But if if you've got Skip and Hoybier in there, you can nullify that nine times out of ten. And that's what I, I think. Like Conte's approach at the moment, being only seven days in the job. Is to make sure that we're not being overrun. Like he's he's going back to brass tacks, isn't it? It's like basic football. What do I need to do? All right. Well, Hoybier and Skip know how to play together. They can defend and they can um, they can make sure that we aren't hurt as much as you know as much as they can. They can make sure that Spurs are, are going to be solid, and then we have to rely on the industry and and uh, quality of our front line, which hasn't been there. But I, I don't. I don't have any issue with it right now. In a year's time, I don't want to see Hoybier and Skip together in midfield unless something magical happens in other in other parts of the pitch. But yeah, yeah, I, 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 it's, it's it's been seven days. Like yeah. there shouldn't really be. I know. I know. It's, it's, well, that's what we're doing. But there shouldn't really be questions about what Conte selection should be right now. But there is. There has been one about Ben Davies. A lot of people have sort of miffed by Ben Davies playing as a part of that back three. What, what do you make of that, John? Like, Is that a case I mean, of him? Well, yeah, I, what, what do you make of it? I get it, right? Like, Ben Davies is, is hardly like ripped up trees for Spurs. He's put, he's put in some fairly dodgy performances when he's come in at left back. I get why people were like, Ben Davies, get, get him out of my club. We've got, we've got other centre-backs that people like the look of. Centre-backs we haven't seen enough of to, to even past judgment like players like Roden like we don't know if he's good enough one thing that I would say is like if you're if you're Conte and you're looking at that Spurs squad do you think you've seen more of Davis playing centre-back in a back three for Wales than you have of seeing someone like Tanganga playing for Spurs like he will have seen more of yeah, Davis of course, at international of course. level which is a, a, an area that he knows he would have 
I'm sure, like his time at Italy, probably played against Wales or like seen that Wales play in that system. But I guess he's just looking at it, going, he's an international, plays at the left of a back three, so of course he can do a job for me. As whereas someone like I know Rodham obviously plays for Wales as well, but like the experience level isn't there. And I think what you were saying before about Hoiberg and Skip is just like he wants a sensible team to start with to get himself get his feet under the table which i think just makes complete sense and if you look at every manager when they first come in they just play kind of what's expected they don't make wholesale changes they they make the sort of sensible selections and just like iterate on it and grow and learn and develop it which is why i'm not like super panicked by selection and actually wouldn't surprise me if he does consistently pick the did same you, team for a little while like it makes sense did, right yeah did you to pick up on the sort of Anxiety of Spurs fans when they saw the lineup. Uh, I could I could sense from like a lot of people that that basically you know when you see it like announced on Twitter, the first thing I do is to check the comments because I just think that it's quite entertaining just to see what people are saying. And you definitely see ah oh, Davies Davies fucking hell what's Davies doing in there like it, it was the thing that screamed out to me the most. Um, to be honest, personally, that's not the bit that worries me because I actually think like. This season, generally speaking, I know we've been slapped a few times, some three nils. I don't feel like it's calamitous defending that's like costing us. Um, and actually, in that game, I thought we were pretty solid. And if you play that system, if you have got three centre backs and two holding midfielders, like that's quite a stable defensive unit. Um, so I'm not, I, I wasn't that worried to be honest about it. And also, at this point, mate, I'm just. Conte, just trust the man. Just let him work. Like, there's no point in really interrogating it. He knows a lot more than you and I know, and he thinks Ben Davis is his, is the centre back that wants to start. Now, in a year's time, if centre back is still Davis and we've still got Hoiberg and Skip in the middle, and we're not performing very well, fine, let's question him. But right now, you just got to let him. This is process. You just got to let. Well, him not a year, him. like ten games. We'll give him ten games. <laughs> Well, five games. Um, <laughs> if the next over. game, if he's not fucking changed the entire squad by the next game, that's it. It's over. Um, yeah, no, we just got we just got to get like you've said it, mate. It's seven days, and I know that that's part of what we're doing. A lot of people want to like hear what we think, but like I don't know what I think because it's been seven days. Um, so far, I like what I'm seeing. I think like we're looking better. I think what I'd like to see maybe in ten games' time is another creative midfielder in the middle instead of either Skip or Hoiberg. And I'd like to stick with Skip, personally. I think he's performing really well. Yeah. And I'd like to find a way to, um, to yeah, maybe just get someone slightly different in that Lucas position, whether that's Brian Hill or someone else. I don't think Lucas particularly suits that system. And we've got to find a way to get Kane scoring. But aside from that, I think like what I'm seeing so far... I've been really encouraged by it, mate. Really, I've much... Uh, put it this way, I didn't really look at my phone in a nil-nil when I had previously in other games where we've won just been on my phone the whole time because I'm so bored. Yeah. I find it... I actually got that feeling. I don't know if you, like... If you've had the same thing, but the same with the Vitesse game. I felt on edge because the way yeah. we were playing was so dangerous. Like, we, we pass it out from the back again, which is something I haven't seen since early Poch. And we played dangerous passes in dangerous areas. And I felt like at any moment we could concede, but also I felt excited when we were attacking. And I haven't had any... I just wanted to feel something from the last couple of managers. And I, I felt nothing. I felt basically impartial towards the team I love. And I do feel that, that sense of uh, jeopardy is back. And I, I love that. And I'm really bought into this idea of like, yes, that's why 
love the game because it should be exciting. It should make you feel something. And you, I'm seeing the start of that again. Have you still got like got your head around the fact that he is our manager? Because I, like, I'm, it's weird seeing it's, it. Like because because <clears throat> we went from, you know, it, during the summer with, with having that debacle about who's going to be our manager. We had Gattuso and Fonseca and. Uh, you know, Conte was in there for a moment and then obviously Nuno and I think there was like Potter was, was moved. It was just, it was just madness. It was just a nonsense. It was an absolute shambles of what we had to go through as fans when, you know, you're just expecting the people who've run our football club for so long to have an, an idea and a plan and they didn't have one to four months into the season having him like I know we've talked about it a lot, but I just like when 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 seeing him being interviewed after the game, even though it was you know uninspiring and uh, you know we, we didn't create a great deal, although we did hit the post and we had a couple of opportunities where on another day we would have scored, and it wasn't like a avalanche of chances that you'd hope to see from a Spurs side, but we did we did have a have a have, have our, our opportunities. But just to, to see Antonio Conte talking about Tottenham as his club and as the right club, in being at the right club, it was just, I don't know, I just felt so confident, even though the performance against Everton wasn't fantastic. Are you, are you still like super hopeful about, about this appointment? I am, I'm, honestly, it's, it's hard to, because um, obviously there were, like a couple of pods that came out that we put out around the Conte thing and like listen to everyone's really excited about it. it just kind of brought it all back in the summer how much I, I wanted him then and I kind of wanted him knowing well he's not going to come to us but he's available we should be doing everything we, we can to get him and I was really disappointed that that seemed to just die away through from from our part as a bit of a, a lack of ambition like we didn't do enough to secure him considering he didn't go anywhere else right we just we didn't do enough to convince him that it was right and I think at the time, like people were kind of like, well, that, you know, he doesn't want to come to us because we're not at the level that he is, because he is an elite manager right now in the world. He is, like I said, in the top five managers in the world that should be considered for the top jobs. And so when we didn't get him, it was disappointing, but it was kind of understandable. And we rightly, I think, criticised uh, Daniel Levy at the time for not pulling out all the stops, but there was a little bit of understanding there. And so now, like, I think we have to have a bit of, you know, if you want to criticise people when they don't deliver the things you want. When they do deliver them, I think they do deserve credit. And I think Paratici and Levy have managed to secure us, like currently one of the best managers in the world. And I'm like, I can't believe it. Like, I'm so excited that we have him because I genuinely do think that he he will address the issues that we've got. He's not a manager who's a, like a busted flush like Mourinho. He's not a manager like Nuno who's just out of his depth and, and never shown what he's capable of. But, Last season, he was a manager, which was last season. He won the league in Italy in a very competitive, difficult league. And that he took a team, he's done it on three occasions, taking a team that was not in position to be the champion. And then the second season, like, won him the title. That's, that's the thing. When, 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 Luka, when, when Lukaku was sold to Inter Milan from Manchester United, no one was expecting to hear from him ever again. It was like one of them ones where, yeah, he'll do all right over there. But he were you know, he under Conte, became the most prolific striker in Europe. Not, that's I, what I just said isn't true at all. <laughs> Lewandowski, Haaland and, and Kane were, were about. But but it made it so that a team like Chelsea, who just won the Champions League, signed him. Yeah. Right? That, that That is a massive part down to 
uh, Conte. And um, yeah, you're right. It's just it's he, he, what he achieved at Inter Milan and what he achieved at not just Juve but the, the other teams before him, before 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 that club, and Chelsea as well, which is only like 18 months. Like he, he he's done things. He's done amazing things, and we should be we should be proper proper happy. Everybody is properly happy. They are, but do do you think that I mean? I think that they're a little bit like um, once bitten, twice shy. A little bit. No one wants to uh, go too too heavy. It's a bit like you know you've had a few bad relationships. You know, a couple of ex girlfriends cheated on you, and you're feeling a bit down. And you meet this girl, and on paper she's amazing, like just the best. You're getting on really well. Everything's perfect. Really good looking. Uh, first few dates are going great, and then you start. You know, just every little thing she does that's just the most minor thing. You just sort of going, oh, some mark against her. It's a bit- yeah. Yeah, well, it's, so so you've had Jose Mourinho, like, which is like a you know when when we signed him, ten out of ten. Yeah, and now you've got a new ten out of yeah. ten. But the the last ten out of ten broke your heart. Broke your heart. It's like things happened. Disappointing. Care about and now that. you're looking for faults where there aren't any in the new girl, and you're you're treating her badly. You're you're, you're well, you're not treating her badly, but you're you're not prepared to open up as you should. So mm. I just think we're not excited enough. If I'm being honest, like I don't I don't think. Considering the coup this is, which is it is massive, I don't think uh, people are excited. People are happy. They're like, yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's Antonio Conte. He is he is genuinely outside of Guardiola and Klopp. I think he's the next best manager in the world right now. Well, yeah, yeah, based on what 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 he's achieved, hundred percent. And we uh, have him. He's a Tottenham Hotspur manager <laughs> right now, mate. Right, and he wants he wants to be here. He wants to be here. We didn't we didn't we didn't kidnap him and bring him there. Saying we've got your kids. We've got your kids. Yeah. All right. Antonio, so we've, just got managed... your, we've got your hair. We've got your spare hair. Yeah. We're going to incinerate it. In Conte. Paratici went, I, I know you, you, you fancy a United job, but we've got your kids. Okay. Your kids are in hot spell way. And uh, if you don't join Spurs, we're going to kill them all. Yeah. <laughs> I like that that, what, I, what, what I would like is, um, really is, um, Levy rings him up and says, look, come to the... Come to the stadium, give you a bit of a tour. You can get a feel for the club. And he, he comes in, he walks into the stadium and he looks up at the skywalk and Pratici's up there with a, with a gun to his wife and his kid's head. And uh, he's, just, he's just standing up there. And Levy doesn't say a word to him. He just goes, just pulls out the contract and just goes, Sign I, think we all know what's, I think we all know what's happening there. Just make Sign the damn ting. Sign the damn ting. And then uh, Ricky and his dad abseil down and have a lovely time. <laughs> yeah, Ricky and his dad did the skywalk the other day, didn't he? Um, would you would you go up there? Would you go up to the Skywalk? Do you have any sort of issues with the idea that um, the Skywalk is part of the propaganda, the the sort of pro Enoch propaganda that if you pay into this, you're paying into the problem, or do you just get up there and have a good time and be a normal human being? I don't know what. Yeah, I mean, I, I um, yeah, all the kind of paying into the fucking unit who cares if you want to do it do it if you don't don't do it uh, i wouldn't do it because i'm fucking terrified of heights and when ricky was talking about it even when he was talking about just going to go ape or wherever he went with his kids i was getting like flashbacks of you know when you're a kid and you go like on these school trips and it'll be like you know, it's quite, uh, quite a big one you go away to like some of these i can't remember what you call them but like these like camps and you can do like abseiling and white water rafting and shit like that and we went on one, and I got to the top and just froze, and I just <laughs> I couldn't get down. They do, they do that. They 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 blind you with sort of white water rafting. Yeah. Rafting is it white water rafting? 
<laughs> yeah, and um, it's not abseiling and, and going up trees and that. And then when they finger you, you go, "What? What was that about?" Yeah. And then and then you say to them, "Yeah, but what about all of the, the climbing up the trees and that? Does that not mean nothing to you? Just because my yeah. fingers in your bum, does that mean nothing?" Yeah, these 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 sweets and these beers that you bought me is that is that payment for the finger in the bum or is this to loosen me up for the abseiling? I'm confused. Indeed, and that is, uh, in a way, a um, a metaphor for Tottenham fans. <laughs> I think. Yeah, we've had uh, we've got Mourinho in our bum. Now it's time for the lovely sweets and white water rafting of Antonio Conte. <laughs> Don't complain about it. Uh, the the, you know, the things become an issue, isn't it? Because oh, um, I hate him, mate. I hate him, and I hate I being a person who hates a player because I fucking hate people that hate players. Because I'm just like, I know oh, I know you hate him, but I think oh, the large majority of the the recent hate for him is because of that corner he took at the end of the game, <laughs> which, which was proper proper shit, wasn't it? Yeah, but yeah, no, that is tr- it is shit. But Ericsson did that for seven years of his Tottenham career, but everybody absolutely loves Ericsson because he'd done the other bits. The problem yeah. is that right now Lacelso isn't doing the other bits, and the issue with hating on Lacelso because he did that corner was that you're not potentially recognising the idea that we do still have a player there or do, or, or do we not? I don't know. Is, is it time to sell him? or What What do people want? So for me, right, and again, this is just my own measure, which which means nothing. And I know sometimes I talk like the way, what I think is the most important thing, which is most of the time true. In this instance, how I judge players like him, creative technical players, is... If you're like, if you can go past a player or like you can play a pass, a bit like Ndombele, right? He gets a lot of stick, but I'm like, when he goes past people or like plays certain passes, I'm like, that's the, there's the talent that other players don't have. And that's the reason you need to like persevere with him, basically, because there is a talent there. There was a moment yesterday, and it happens frequently with GLC. There was a moment yesterday where he, he cuts inside a player and his touch it goes so far in front of him that an Everton like left back can like get to the ball first. That's just basic fundamentals. And there's like many moments this season and last where his touch is awful. Like his touch is bad. And I do not buy this case of oh, but he's rusty because he's been out in and out of the team, and that's maybe why. Like I'm just, it's the fundamentals of being a creative attacking player that he just he gives the ball away too many times from bad touches that I can go. We should persevere. There's a player here. I just cannot see it. I, I, don't, I just don't see it. All I see is a player who's just bang average at best and makes a lot of shit decisions. I mean, his chance against Vitesse. He's got both goal, both sides of the goal to aim at and he manages to curl it into the middle of the goal straight at the keeper. And, he's, and he does that sort of thing all the time. And then he'll curl one that hits the post against Everton and people go, oh, but there's a player there. That's what he's supposed to do. No, he's supposed to. He's supposed to score. Goal yeah, he's supposed to score, but curling, curling a shot in, in an unlikely scoring position is much more difficult than having a scoring. good first touch. I don't think so. <laughs> having a good first touch <laughs> in the middle of midfield should, should be basic. Hitting a hitting a good effort, which by the way, is so what? Target, what? You, what I, I, I think, uh, like in the same patience you have with. Conte or whatever new manager you come, comes in, you've got to give every member of the squad the same rope to hang themselves with. The same with Winks. I don't want... I, I don't want... Can't, yeah, but, can't, how long do you give players? Two years. Really? He's like... Was he for like 40 million, wasn't he? Or like 
35 million. Yeah, nothing to do with him. Nothing to do with him at all. Actually, the the reason why we paid that money was because of all the good stuff he'd done beforehand. So the reason why he cost 43 million was because of how great he was before he joined Spurs. So it's nothing. it doesn't matter what he would cost. Sanchez costs cost three million pound less than him. It does a bit though because it's an indicator. It's an indicator of to, to your point, right? It's like well, he was worth that much because of what he did before. So there's a certain expectation of well, then he should deliver that for us, and he and he's not been capable of doing that for two years. So indeed, but he's played under Jose Mourinho and Nuno Santo, and ev- all of us have hated pretty much every minute of those two years. True, but if you look at our our what we would consider to be like. Uh, objectively our best players Son, Kane, Lloris let's say they've under Jose they've performed very well Son's I mean Nuno was a bit of a basket case such a short um, sample size but I just I, I've never seen it like Lo Celso, I've just never seen it He's ne- even players that get um, critiqued like Endombele I could give you games I mean there was that Chelsea away when he was he was fantastic last season he scored that lobbed goal against was it Bournemouth or some or someone like that last season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he's there's there's moments that he's, he scored an absolute belter this season. Like I couldn't name one one moment Lacelso has done well for us. But Let alone what, one game. What, what I'm, I'm I'm not asking you to accept Lacelso as a, a like a major part of what we're going to do going forward. What I'm saying is he's a tool that Conte can use, mm. and if in six months it's still not working or yeah, yeah. If you get to the summer, it's still not working. Then we could talk about getting rid of him. But right now, the the reaction to him, and and if you look on Twitter, how people have behaved towards him, regardless of what's gone before, has been, I thought, a little bit out of hand. Because and, and it may be that he's not good enough. It may be he will never be good enough, I suppose. But right now, all all bets are off on every player I never want to see Winks play for Spurs ever again mm. and it could be in two months that he becomes integral to Conte's system so all I'm saying is not don't discount him like don't, don't hate on him if you want to and he doesn't deserve um, the praise of <laughs> I was about to say doesn't deserve the praise of someone who produces a podcast <laughs> Like well, we don't know fuck all. We know that Celso is so much. Let's be honest about this. Celso <laughs> is no flav, but yeah. but you know what I'm saying, like that, John. Like he, he, he like <clears throat> he's there. He's in the team. When he played for Argentina the other day, he was fucking brilliant. So there may be a player in there that Conte can use. So why? What? What is it that people get from just screaming into WhatsApp groups or Twitter or whatever it is? The Celso's not fucking good enough. What I would argue is, yeah. is it's our own frustrations that we can't deal with. We can't control them, so we just throw it at a bloke we don't know who plays Spurs. That that that's that's fundamentally what it is, isn't it? That is We're angry at the result, so let's just let's just let's fucking throw it in. Right now, it doesn't matter what he could go on to do at Spurs, but let's just attack him right now because we don't know how to cope with the disappointment of Spurs not being brilliant. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. I think that is fair. And, I, and look, I'll just be like, just super clear from my side. I fucking hope he becomes brilliant. I'll happily be like, I got it wrong. Like there was a player there. I really do like genuinely mean that. I mean that with all players that I'll, that I'll in the short term slate for being shit or that I think are shit. 
because fundamentally, if he's playing well and he's doing bits for us, that's good for the team. I get, I, I get all of that. And I think you're right. I think the reason that we look for essentially a scapegoat is because, especially now, it's heightened because we can't pick on the manager. Because one, it's so new. Two, we're like, well, the expectation is that he's going to turn it around. So we're all just, again, it's this comes down to this kind of like short-termism around football, which is like, well, there's got to be someone to blame. Who played the worst? Well, the Celso. And once it gets in people's heads, like the Winks thing, or like other myths in football, like Endombele's lazy, despite he's run the most in games that he started on multiple occasions for Spurs. It just gets in people's minds. It becomes part of the like lexicon around the, the club and who's shit and who's lazy and who's good and who's not interested all that stuff just becomes part of the myth around different players and I've said it with Winks like I just don't think he's he's got it and now I feel it the same about GLC and I hope I'm wrong and we and you and you're right mate we just got to give it time and we will see yeah he's stop being such a fucking do you know what I mean like reactionary big massive bastard yeah just like a big planet. I'm like Unicron, mate, <laughs> crunching through the football universe, just Love devouring it. opinions. Absolutely. <laughs> um, um, and we can't end this podcast without talking about Harry Kane. Uh, we've got a question from Dumb and uh, Dumb and Ndombele, which is uh, clever, but not easy to say. Uh, would you sell Kane this January for 160 million? 160? Yeah, if you, uh, if you could get £160 million pound for him. He, he did end that question with two Arsenal, but I don't think that's... Uh, oof, it doesn't oof, help the conversation. It's not, yeah. that, no is the answer to that. No but, to that one. But but would you take £160 million pound for Kane right now? Do you know what? I think I would because I was thinking... I think we, we had, um, like everyone, had a conversation around it at the sort of in the summer. And I was like, well, anything less than 150 just is a bit of an insult. And so if it's 160, I'm like, well, that kind of meets my own previous valuation. <laughs> Plus, and I don't want to be like, Kane's finished, his legs are gone. But he does, I mean, we'll see, because I think... He needs to be system, fixed, doesn't he? He needs, he needs there's some, yeah, there's something not quite right there. And it might just be, it might just be we're out of form, we're not creating chances, which is true, right? We are not creating him chances. That's not the bit I'm worried about. The bit I'm worried about is like, he, he's putting passes in weird places and he's making odd decisions. That's down to him so yeah I think 160 is the sort of money that you have to sell him for isn't it I think that feels about right 150 plus is a bit of a no brainer if you're going to get 160 160 million pound for him in January you're going to get the same amount in the summer surely or even if it's 20 million less yeah I mean I I guess I guess uh, John actually the question is 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 is, is Kane is it is will, will we ever see Kane in his pump at Spurs again or the damage that was done during the summer, does it create a situation where he can't be that player anymore? We, what, what, what's your opinion of what Kane does? Like, can he, can can we love him again? Can can he feel loved by us? He can. Personally, for me, it is tainted, and I think it will always be slightly tainted. Mm. Now, I think he can be loved on the superficial level again, for definite, and I think he can get back to his pomp again. I think. This team, if Conte can, like we've said, if he can fix this team, get away of playing, and we start to create chances again, I don't think he's overnight just lost the ability to take chances. So, like, yeah, I think he probably is out of form. And, you know, he hasn't had many moments since he broke into the team where he's had, like, long periods out of form. But maybe this is one of them. But if you can create enough chances for him and he starts scoring goals and we are an attacking team that are creating chances, 
he will score a lot of goals. And we know, mate, if, if your striker is scoring a lot of goals and you are winning, he will be loved and people will sing his name again. So as long as those things happen, which I think they will, and I think, yeah, I think he's it's, it's, it's bound to happen. And you're right. I mean, the question was, would you sell him in January for 160? In reality, if that bid comes in, you can say, yeah, we'll do, the, we'll do that deal, but we'll do it in the summer. Just wait a few more months and you can have him for that money. That bid's not coming in, though, is it? It's never coming It's in. not coming. It's not coming. But if it, no. if it did, then you try and see it out to the end of summer. I personally think that's it now. He's, he's with us. Yeah, whether he, me too. Whether he's realised that or not, maybe he hasn't. But I think if Conte shows enough in terms of what this team can do and we have a successful end to this season, in the summer we go and strengthen, like, in your cane, looking at going, well, the bids aren't coming, like... I've just got to knuckle down and make the best of it, and and we're making enough progress. This is this is realistically now a really good chance for us to win, get that monkey off our back, and win some silverware and do something special. And like we've always said, Kane's legacy. If he does something special with Spurs, you win the league or win the Champions League with Spurs. That is better than winning ten titles with Man City. Yeah, so I know, I know. Yeah, just just shut the fuck up about City. Get on with it, Harry. And try and salvage your legacy. Because I'll tell you what, if we do something mental like win the league in the next two years, then all will be forgiven with Kane, won't it? And it'll be back to statue time and he'll break all the records and everyone will be like, oh, that was just a blip. So just just shut up and get on with it, well, mate. Well, I, I think he is shutting up. I, I feel like he's sort of, sort of getting on with it. It's just, it just comes in performances. Like, it doesn't matter what he says or what his brother says or what happened previously. If he's being as concise as he has been in the last seven or eight seasons, you know, finishing the ball and then being that number 10 who has great vision and, and so much more than just a, a goal scorer, then um, if, if we can see that under Conte, then, then yeah, absolutely everything would be forgiven. But we got a question from Amit Carrier and he says, would you lick Conte's balls for two seconds? If it is guaranteed a win against West Ham in the quarterfinals, no one needs to know that you've done this. Of course, like what? Hundred percent. It's not even a, the question. You haven't given us enough um, jeopardy there. No, I'd happily do that. If, I'd, I'd, two I'd seconds, do... you know, like yeah. you know, quick two seconds. Yeah, and also I'd definitely be telling people because then, I, then when the win comes, I'd be like, well, "That was down to me. You're welcome." I licked like, uh, Conte's balls. Yeah, I think Conte's to... balls, and that meant we won. So you're welcome. That's fine. Not a problem. Yeah. What have we got to do for semi-final? Do you know what I mean? That's that's what. What, what would at. be yeah. another conundrum that that you know, in terms of beating our uh, beating West Ham in the quarterfinals of the League Cup? Mm. What what wouldn't you do to uh, to achieve that, John? Has it got to be Conte related? Yes, I think it, it should. Would you give him like a, a nosh off for ten minutes to beat? Ten minutes is a long time as well. Ten minutes is a long time. Yeah, and and a couple of times during that ten minute period, he grabbed the back of your head and pushed it down a little bit. He definitely would as well, wouldn't he? He's that kind. I reckon he's quite, he's yeah, quite he's, dominant in the bedroom. I reckon. The colour of his eyes is insane. Like I've never noticed it before. Like, I know, I know, like it, it's sort of well known. Mm. But but since he joined Spurs, I look at him and go, "You've got some fucking you you lucked out with those eyes." Yeah, they're quite intense, aren't they? Uh, if, if if in that ten minutes, Johnny, just push the back of your head down and make you go a little bit. What what was that? All right for well, to not win? much you can do at that point, is there? Just you've got to try. Would, would you tell it. tell the missus, the wife? 
I think we've got a sort of relationship where I had to tell her because if she found out about it, she'd never let me live it down. Whereas if I told her, I was sort of owning the banter. Okay, you know I mean? so you've you've just there's a room where you've been invited by Spurs and and the gods, and they've they've John, you you've walked in, uh, all, all six foot four of you. How tall are you? Six three. Six three. All six foot three of you, right? And you've walked up and you you've been invited to Spurs headquarters. It might be the training ground. Probably is the training ground. Yeah, you're unfamiliar. You, you're not quite sure about what's going on. And you, you're walking down this hallway and you're thinking, Harry Kane and Lucas Moura and, and Don Blay, they've walked down here. And then to the left, there's a door that just says, Antonio Conte, head coach. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I know I'm here. And I appreciate it. You walk in through the, in, into, into the room and Antonio Conte is naked but for a pair of Armani socks. Yeah, fresh, he's, freshly he's, pressed. <laughs> freshly, impressed, freshly pressed in, uh, Armani yeah. socks. Yeah. And he's fully engorged. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and he's like, go on then, John Boy. <laughs> he says that in an Italian accent. Go yeah. on, John Boy, get, get on your knees. Um, take my, uh, take, take, take everything I've got to give. Because yeah. if you do this, and I might not want it. I might want it. You, it, it's not not for you to know. Yeah. You, you got to get on your knees and uh, take this for ten minutes in your fa- in your in your face in, in, in your mouth. Yeah, I, I picture the scene as being like you know he's got he's got an ironing board there. The iron's still hot where he's just pressed his socks. He's got them fresh out the packet. So packets there on on his desk. The iron's cooling off. He's just put he's popped them on. He's just freshly ironed them. And because he's a classy guy, he's also got a chessboard. And instead of like a timer, because he obviously wants to get this ten minutes exact, because he's a very you know exacting guy, he's just got one of those. Um, ain't got time for anything else. He's got ten minutes. That's it. Yeah, but he's got the he's got the like little timer they use for chess. You know, and it's like your move, all right. And when I go in there, he just start, he just hits it and just goes your move like that. I'm like fuck. <laughs> I have to I have to chow down on this. Yeah. Um, the thing but, that were, the first thing that will pop into my head, mate, is that you know the, the sort of pre-Conte bit when it's it's like the the Tottenham sort of management and the gods. Yeah. The thing that would be running through my head is going, all right, thanks for bringing me in. Yeah, thanks for you know making me the chosen one. But I've got to ask. You've got you've got cosmic powers um, where you can affect um, you know something as trivial as a football match. Why have you brought me here to give him a blowjob? Why haven't That's... you solved world hunger? Why haven't you? Why haven't you invented things that can stop cancer? Why have you gone, I'll tell you what, this be a laugh. Let's go down to earth and let's make Big John Bass suck off Conte. Well, why? <laughs> funny. Funny. Yeah, funny. It is funny. And, and and do you know what? We've deviated from the actual point of this conversation because it's not about Conte's dick. It's about you walking back through your front door yeah. to your beloved, your betrothed, yeah. and then explaining what's happened. Because for me, this has happened towards the end of your working day. <laughs> Someone's given you a call and went, can you head over to Northumberland Park, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, White Art Lane? Uh, you've got a special engagement with Antonio Conte. Can you suck him off so that we beat West Ham in the quarterfinals of the League Cup? And you've gone, yeah, okay, I'll do that. I'll go over there and I'm, I'm just going to nush him off because I, I just want to beat West Ham. So you've gone back home, yeah. you walk through the door, your missus is washing succession or something. Yeah, definitely. And how do you break that news to her? Well, do you know what it is, mate? 
that she uh, she's how, how do you break the news uh, how, do you look her in the eye do you go straight away because I, I, I as, as, as liberal as you two are I don't think that she'd be 100% comfortable with you as you know six foot three giant proper alpha male of a man mm. saying you've been beaten by Antonio Conte because uh, the, and the only reason was that it's not saving starving children it's not helping anybody <laughs> it's not it ain't like it's not it's not curing AIDS is it no you just want to beat West Ham in the league up <laughs> so how do you explain that to her how do you explain it to her go 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 I think the problem is right the thing about Rhea is she will she misses the point of any story right so she's not because as soon as it's like anything to do with football or anything related to like things I'm interested in she's a very passing interest so she tends to like miss the shock factor so I would literally just say it matter of factly I'd be like oh sorry I'm late Ree. I um had to go to Spurs because um basically I met the gods and they said to me if I gave our manager blowjob then we would beat West Ham at the weekend um which would be really good and then she she would just say who's your manager and I'd go oh it's Antonio Conte the new one she'd go oh well, what happened to that Nuno what happened to that guy all right, sorry, you've missed the bit about me giving him a blowjob in she order to care. win, and you concentrate on the wrong details. It. So I think if I just said it blasé enough, I think she would completely, she would completely miss the point, and I think I could get away with it. I would just base it on the. I would start talking about football. She'd switch off, and I'd just say it, and then I don't know. Two weeks later, when it's all over the press, oh, big John Bass and the fighting cock sucks off Antonio Conte for win against Hammers. She'd go, what? What are you doing in the paper? And I'd go. Bloody! I told you, love. Funny. I bloody told you. Funny. Funny. Uh, we, we might leave it there, John. Yeah. But before we leave it there, I'm going to say to you: eight days and a half-eaten cheeseburger. Uh, yeah, that's perfect. That's all I needed, if anything. Good. Bye. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.